when we talk about church planting, we are talking about together. Amen? Amen. We're not talking about something that's just for a couple people. It's for all of us. So Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, just before he ascends, he tells his followers, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Because of this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So we find this this trajectory in the New Testament where everyone who follows Jesus is called to make disciples. And most of us, we do that in the context of the place and the community that God has called us. We do that in the course of our lives, our work, our family, our neighbors. But then what we also find is that, that God is constantly calling and sending specific people to, to go, to be sent, and to really embody this command to make disciples of everybody, to invite everybody to follow the way of Jesus. And this happens in the New Testament in a couple of different ways. One is that just in the same way that Jesus describes in this passage, uh, a community discerns that God is sending some people to, to go, to go somewhere else. This is not the sort of typical American thing that we are used to, where somebody says, ah, you know what, it's, it's warmer down in Florida, so I'm going to move to Florida, right? Or this, this school is going to give me more status, so I'm going to go to this school. That, that's the kind of American way of life, and we all understand how that, that's, that's not what we see in the New Testament. There's a sense that the Spirit calls, equips, and sends. And then sometimes that happens in a, in a less predictable sort of way. So we find this story in Acts chapter 19, about halfway through the book, as the church is growing and spreading. In verse 19, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. So here we have accidental church planting. It's because of a persecution. It's because the believers were forced to leave one place and go to another place, not because they planned it, not because they heard God say, this is what we're gonna, I'm leading you to, but simply because there was uh, a pressure that forced them away. And because of that, we find the first multi-ethnic, multicultural church in the New Testament here in the city of Antioch. So whether it's something purposeful and discerned or whether it's something that feels accidental, God is always going to be sending some in the community to carry out the mission and the mandate of making disciples. Amen? Man, Morgan, what was that? What was that? Again, it's for all of us. And for most of us, it'll be right where we are in our, in our, in our day-to-day lives. And then there will be these seasons when God calls and sends some. And so that's what we as a church are praying and discerning right now. We don't have some grandmaster plan. But when our church was planted 12 years ago, 
it was with the mission of participating in starting new churches as God would give us that opportunity. And we believe we're in that season now where we are prayerfully discerning, God, uh, how might you be calling us uh, to participate in that? I'm going to give you another chance. Amen? Amen. All right. So, uh, Carlos and Pastor Michelle, you all go ahead and come on up and join me here. Would you welcome them, please? So um, this is just going to be kind of a conversation and a, and a window into some of our history as a church, some of uh, Pastor Michelle and Carlos's experience. And so not everybody knows you all, so I want to just invite you to begin with your, your own stories. As you look back, um, how had God prepared the two of you for church planting? Now, Pastor Michelle, you were kind of a part of the original team of people when the church in Logan Square was planted. We're just going to say a handful of years ago. We don't need to get into the specifics. And, and then Carlos, you came pretty early on and were a part of that and then our church as well. So as you look back at your own lives, how had God prepared the two of you to participate in church planting? I'm starting since I was handed the mic. <laughs> um, so I, in thinking about this question, I thought a lot about just um, the ways that I uh, grew up. Um, and so we always talk about, like, nothing is wasted in our lives, right? Like, God uses all of our experiences. Uh, so I grew up participating in tons of nonprofits. Um, and I grew up in a community where um, when there was an issue or a need, and this wasn't a Christian context, but when there was an issue or a need, there was someone who would start a nonprofit <laughs> to, to, um, to meet that need. And so that is just sort of the mindset that was very natural to me, that when, um, when you see a need, you start something. <laughs> um, and I think that that was a very helpful mindset to have um, in terms of planting a church. Thank you. Uh, I, I think for me, I, I grew up in very traditional small churches in the South. So I uh, came up with a big, vibrant list of how I didn't want church to be. Uh, so that was growing up. Um, but then uh, my journey with the Lord uh, uh, placed markers in my life of faith. And so that, those journey, that journey of faith built on each other. And um, later in life, I um, began to do campus ministry, and then I did it full-time for a while. And so um, starting Bible study groups, working with students, meeting people on different campuses that I didn't know, um, getting past any fear of, or an anxiety. Uh, so like even Chicago State, we started a Bible study group there as soon as the dorms were built there. Uh, and so those were uh, times that just guided my faith uh, to just trust God. And so um, I, part of that faith journey was to arrive at New Community Logan Square the first Sunday. And so uh, that's sort of my journey to church planning. That's good. Uh, I love this idea that, that God doesn't waste anything and that the, the things in our past, even if they don't seem immediately uh, connected, uh, play an important role. So, so help us think for a minute about, uh, th through the lens of Scripture, how do you see or what do you see the role of church planting being in how each of us here participates in God's mission? Again, we want to think about this as something that's for all of us, that, that is not just for a few. So how does Scripture inform 
church planting and participating in the mission of God? Um, so I, one of the verses that I had thought about in reading that question ahead of time is the one you just taught on, so I will not bring that up again. Um, but as you were speaking, <laughs> um, the other passage that came to mind is the story from Acts chapter 6, where um, there's this dispute because the Grecian widows are being overlooked in the distribution of food. And so then um, the apostles say, you know, we, we, this is very important. And also, um, we have some other important things that we need to do. And so they, they set up some folk within the church to take care of that issue. And the, the connection for me that that is to church planting um, is, like, the, the work that they were supposed to do was the work of church planting. I mean, like, they're going out and they're making disciples. They're going out and they're spreading the gospel. Um, and, but they recognize that this church that's established, right, well, you could think of it as the sending church, it, it needed to be maintained, it needed to be vibrant, and it needed to be healthy. And I think that, um, similar to what you were saying, yeah, there's some who will go out, um, but all of us have a role in that. So some people within this church might feel called to go and be a part of that new church. Some people in this church need to be able to stick around and make sure that what's happening here remains healthy and vibrant so that more churches can, can be planted and more people can be sent out. So I think um, all, everyone needs to be praying. Everyone needs to be giving. Like There's all kinds of ways to be involved. Um, but I do think that gets lost sometimes, that the, the church that is sending needs to remain healthy. And that means there need to be people who are um, sober and what it means for some folk to go and what it means for some folk to stay. That's good. And, and before Carlos shares, I have a, a friend who has planted a lot of churches, and he says that the, the secret ingredient to a church maintaining vital mission is to always plant churches. That when you take the risk of sending, you all of a sudden become very aware of how dependent you are on God, right? Um, so, I, yeah, I love how you said that. Yeah, thank you. Yes, that's just, I just want to come in on that. I, I'm, it's so true, like, um, it's easy to be comfortable for a church and say, why do I need to sin? Well, I could just grow my church, you know, that's comfortable, that's safe. Um, or I could just grow and have additional locations of our church. Uh, but to uh, be committed to grow... And, you know, because let's just face it, you know, you're going to reduce the number of people that attend, you know, there's financial, you know, so it's, it's part of the, you know, so, but uh, getting back to scripture, uh, for me, you know, growing up is just thinking about all the stories in scriptures and it's, it just seemed a little distant to me, you know, like, you know, the story of Moses or the story of, you know, all those Bible studies and, and just wondering, that even as a little kid, like, uh, it would be interesting for me to be a part of that, but right now, there's, you know, David is not around, like, with the lion or stuff like that, and, and just the opportunity to plant a church, it just felt like uh, those, like, one of those stories in the Bible that you're on the forefront, and you're totally relying on faith, and you got, all you have is each other sometimes, and you're going to face rejection, and, and you see your inadequacies, right? You see your weaknesses. And you have to totally rely on God. And you're building a story. You're part of his kingdom. And God has invited you there. And so there's an excitement for me to say, like, God has given me the opportunity to be in the forefront of him expanding his kingdom 
in a community. Uh, and so uh, based on the scriptures, it's like the Bible is alive in church planning. And, and, you know, and it's just, and it's real. And so it's like, it's joy, you know, instead of some, you know, instead of pain or whatever. It's just like, like, thank you, God. Like, I have to, the faith has to be vibrant. <laughs> like, I have to get on my knees every night because I don't see this. It's not, it's not in front of me. Yeah, all kinds of stuff came back flooding into my mind as you were saying that. So I want to go back to, uh, so I, I joined uh, the, the pastoral staff at New Community Logan Square in 2008. And when I did, uh, the church had already discerned this church right here and even the location. And so I want you to take us back to those years, I don't know, 2006, 7, 8, and actually, real quick, stand up if you were part of the, the team that helped start this church. Real quick, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. I can call you Daniel out the if back. you want me to. Look, hey, honor these folks, you all. Honor them. Because when Carlos just said you got to be on your knees praying, they all know exactly what he means. But, but take us back to, to, to that time, and what was it like then as you were in that season of prayer and discernment, not sure what it was going to look like, not sure all the details, just kind of what was the atmosphere like in that particular season? Well, I was just going to be straightforward. <laughs> uh, I, was the, the, I think the first initial idea was to plant a church uh, farther on the north side. And so at that time, I said, no. <laughs> I said, how about Bronzeville? And they said, where's Bronzeville? I said, it's the perfect place for us to be. That's where it is. Uh, and I just happened to just move in Bronzeville at that time. Not selfish I wasn't at all. moving Not again. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's the great place for a diverse church, you know. And so I said, let's pray about it. And then we talked some more. And I said... Well, I'm not planning a church unless it's in Bronzeville. So anyway, that's with prayer. <laughs> uh, but I, I, think, I think initially there was a lot of lessons learned from Logan Square and planning that. And as we went out, there was you know, just some thoughts and ideas about what we could have done better. And so one of, one of the things that I processed a lot being on the leadership team at Logan Square was... You know, it, it would be good to at least try to start off reflecting the congregation, the diverse congregation that you want it to be. And so that was a struggle at Logan Square because we, everyone was young. And I'll let Michelle talk, talk uh, to this more. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's hard to get where you need to go when, when you already started off not looking that way. So... Um, so that was part of that. Um, so I was on the leadership team on and off periodically, and Michelle was a leader, and, um, and so we were uh, sent out to do that. I'll, I'll let Michelle continue. To continue. <laughs> um, like, uh, yeah, I mean, so in addition to the community, just to build on that, the congregation being diverse, it was also, um, we both talked about, like, the misses in terms of um, reflecting what the community looks like. That was something that was always a challenge for us uh, at Logan Square. And so it was like this was an opportunity um, to plant a church and have it reflect, you know, the community and learn, again, like learn from the, the stuff that was 
already done. I was kind of, because we had always talked about planning a church. I had always been a part of the DNA, um, even from the very, before there was an actual church that was happening. Uh, So when it came time to actually do it for a while, I was just kind of walking along like, we're okay, we're we're having conversations, we're praying about things, we're doing things. Okay, well, whoa, this seems like a big thing. We're, are we talking about buildings and stuff? Like, I, it, I, it was a lot. We were deep in before it fully, fully said, like, we are actually planting a church. Um, so, yeah, but I remember it feeling exciting. Um, yeah. Uh. Just one little touch. I, I, I think the, the good part of it is not knowing everything. That's the fantastic part because it's, it's terrific when God said, when God can see a group of people that, said, that they indicate we don't know everything and that means we have to rely on you yeah. and that one of the biggest characteristics is humility, you know, and so I just want to reflect on Pastor David, you know, when he first started, uh, Pastor David was like, I don't know any of this, like, Lord, teach me. <laughs> And I mean, just, you know, just with the humility, uh, Pastor David has grown so much. I mean, just like, I mean, tremendously. And so I just wanted to pet God on the back. <laughs> yeah, he's not lying about that. Um, and and, I, and my, my kind of testimony there is how many times God used both uh, Pastor Michelle and Carlos in my life to say, no, no, God is faithful. God is good. God is able. Uh, at just the right time when I, I needed that, that reminder. I'm so thankful for that. So you, you've each been a part of two different church plants now, and I'm wondering how that's impacted you over the years. I'm wondering as you reflect on your own, and Carlos, you already talked a little bit about this just in terms of faith and the, the, the necessary for, am I, am I ringing? Am I ringing? All right. Uh, the, the need for that kind of active, vital, real-time, not depending on somebody else's faith kind of faith. But how, how have you been impacted by church planting? How have you seen God work, not just through you, but in you? Like, what has God done for you and in you by participating in this? Um, one of the ways that I, I feel truly, truly blessed, um, and it is absolutely because of church planting. So I didn't, I didn't grow up in church, and when I started going to church, um, like, I had only been attending a church regularly for a, a few years before it was time to, I was planting a church. <laughs> um, but the, like, the beauty of that is 95% of my church experience is in churches <laughs> that I help to start. And so I don't, I, I talk to uh, Christians who have been, you know, in the faith for a long time, and often there's like a lot of cynicism around the church. Um, and I, I don't have that. Now, that, that does not mean I don't recognize that we, got, we, we have some issues. Um, but I also, like, it's easy for me to be really hopeful about the local church and to, um, because I've, just, I've had very positive experiences. So I, I, I think that's a blessing, right? And then especially in conversations with people who, again, just, I don't, you know, I believe in God, but I'm not about the church. Um, it's, it's been really easy for me to speak from a place of hope um, and excitement and joy because that's been my experience. So, yeah. I, I think for me, uh, I, I think what's grown is, is a God-given ability to see the gifts in others. Um, 
and that's that's been uh, a blessing, you know. And so, not like John the Baptist, but I, I realized in the church planning experience that there's a time to step up, and then there's a time to step away because you need to make room for other leaders to grow and to learn and to step up. Uh, and, and that is not about a few people. It's about a collective group of people. And God has placed every gift that's needed for that church plant. And so I, I always look at people and I look with optimism of their abilities and what they could do. And sometimes they don't see it, you know. And so, I, you know, whatever, if I pet them on the back, I encourage them to give you a pet talk, pep talk if you need to. <laughs> we could write lists down of your strengths. Uh, but I, I'm a, a big optimist. You know, we can do all things. Um, and, and I think that's great, too, because you need a group of people because the optimists won't always be, you know. So, <laughs> but then you, you have those people that every time in a group and it looks bad, that one person's like, oh, no. We're going to keep going. It's going to be all right. And God is here and it's yes. going to be. And then it's like, yes, we yep. can do it. That's right. You know, you got the one person that looks around the corner and like, hey, optimist. But we need to be careful about that right around the corner because that's there. And it's like, good point. Let's look at that. You know, so everybody, if, if God has called you to be there and you're there, you have something to bring yeah. to the table. And it's, it's good leadership looks at those people. And helps them bring that what's needed to the table. And so that's what I, I've kind of gotten through my experience. I, I know that a lot of people are in ministry at our church because Carlos had a pep talk with you <laughs> at some point. And, uh, and, and that's right. And God used that to, to call people into, into service and leadership in some amazing ways. So here's my last question. Again, my sense is that when we talk about church planting, uh, the bulk of us kind of can tune out because we're like, well, that's, that's just for a few people who have a lot of faith or who have the gift of evangelism or, you know, whatever. It's not really for me. So, so how, how can we corporately as a church um, think about church planting as something that we are all called to? And how can we each participate in it? Yeah, I mean, so I think that part of it comes down to what Carlos was saying, that um, this idea, if you are here, um, and you and God has called you to be a part of this church, and that means there is something that you have. There's some gift that is intended to be used for the purpose of this church plant. So it could be it could be going. It could be like the really obvious things, like I'm supposed to be a part of that new church. But there are people who have a gift of prayer and of faith and of encouragement. Um, there are people who just have resources, who have time. Um, when we were starting this church, we had a family room. Like a lot of um, meetings and stuff happened in our basement. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, a, a lot. Um, so, like, there's, there's, there is something for everyone um, because we're, it's not something that only a few of us are called to. It's the church as a whole. Um, and I think sometimes we think about church planning the same way we think about like all ministry, right? Like people think in the church, well, there's pastors, there's worship leaders, there are um, leaders of prayer teams. Those are the people who do the work of ministry and the rest of us just sort of come and then we hear and, but that's, I mean, like, there's nothing in scripture that would support that. <laughs> like, so it's the same with church planting. Everybody has something to do. And so what we, for me, that means the call is um, that we are all trying to discern and listen to what that thing might be yeah. um, and, and see 
you know, where are the gaps and where are the places where I can fit in? So, so I, I know we all could pray, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's, that's the foundation to me is pray and then pray some more and then keep praying because, like, you know, God has all the ability to do whatever. God is looking to the future, and he knows that a church needs to be in that location to do this for that neighborhood. And so it's, it's not just even bringing in souls. It's being a good neighbor. And so, um, and that carried on with the creation of NCO, you know. And so um, prayer, you know, like just at the very least, just pray. And um, if God is calling you, you know, uh, ask God to enlighten you to how you could best. So um, financial resources, too, are are an important part of the process. Uh, but it, it's, it's an amazing thing. You know, I've seen been through a lot of different churches, and I'm not saying some churches are, you know, better, whatever. It's just the, the fact that it takes a lot of faith for a church to say, I'm going to use the resources that God has blessed us and look, look at God's kingdom and know there's a need, and we're going to put forth and push for another church to be planted. So that's just amazing to me. Um, so, Carlos, I'm wondering if you could just pray now for our church and, um, and just kind of pray what you just said, that we would each be listening and discerning how we will each get to participate when God says it's time, right? When God reveals sort of the next steps, that we will each hear from God and know our, our role in, in getting to be a part of that. Bow your hits. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are, that you are a God of all creation, the God of all ages, Lord, that you have been planting churches for uh, millennia, millennia. So, Lord Jesus, we just know that you are expert in this. <laughs> You're the foundation. Lord, you have you've made plans among plans, Lord. Even before we were in our mother's womb, Lord, you knew our purpose in this life, Lord, and we just pray uh, that you continue to sh- reveal that to us, Lord. I pray for this church. I pray for the heart of uh, praying about church planning. Lord, I pray for that community, Lord, that you're calling us to. I pray that you prepare hearts. I pray that you allow us to be humble, Lord Jesus. I pray that you uh, bring in those people uh, that will gather to that church, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you for that, Lord. I just... Uh, Continue to speak to us, Lord, for those that lack faith, give faith, Lord Jesus. For those that uh, lack understanding, give understanding, Lord Jesus. For those that have questions, Lord, please provide answers, Lord. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this church, Lord. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for the hearts that you've uh, brought here, Lord. I I, I pray for the the hearts that will... uh, continue to come, Lord Jesus. So I just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the leadership here, Lord. I just pray that um, you continue, continually show us that you have all the resources, Lord, and that you control all the resources, Lord. And so all you want us to do is to be sheep to a shepherd, Lord, that you will guide us, Lord, that you will guide us 
uh, along the still waters, Lord, and that you would prepare a table, Lord, in the presence of our enemies, Lord, that you are our provider, Jehovah Jireh, and Lord, that you are our, provide our needs, Lord, and that all you need is a willing heart, Lord. And so I just thank you for that, Lord. Continue to um, guide us, Lord. Continue to place um, uh, ideas and thoughts on our minds, Lord. Continue to give us big dreams, Lord Jesus, and know that we can achieve all things through you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, so before they uh, go back to their uh, chairs, I'm going to invite our leadership team to come up because we want to pray for Pastor Michelle and Carlos. So uh, leadership team, if you can all just come and kind of gather behind them. Um, in, in my book, I got to, one of the things I got to do was sort of thank different people. And this is what I wrote about Carlos and Michelle in the acknowledgments uh, in the back of the book here. I said, uh, my fellow pastor, Michelle Dodson, and her husband, Carlos, consistently remind me that nothing is impossible with God. And that has been one of their gifts to me over the years that I'm just so thankful that whenever, then whenever I'm one of those people saying like, ah, really, this too? Uh, uh, these two individuals, not just with their words, but with their lives, have reminded me, no, David, there's literally nothing that God cannot do. And I'm so, so thankful for that. I'm going to ask David, you, who is our church treasurer, to just kind of pray a blessing over these two, invite you all to extend your hand and blessing over them. And then uh, as we're praying, I'm just going to invite Zach and Brandy to come back up because we're going to close in one song before we go. All right, let's pray. (laughs) Father God, I just want to thank you for the wonderful example of Pastor Michelle and Carlos for their faithful service throughout almost decades now, for giving them this vision and for giving them wisdom and giving them perseverance. Thank you that they are the cheerleaders, that They constantly are there for our pastoral staff, um, serving in so many different ways, whether it be um, in ministry, whether it be on the leadership team across multiple churches, whether it be on NCO. It's just amazing to see how they basically just don't even sleep. They just rely on you. (laughs) They, yes, let them sleep. Give them rest. Father, I just want to thank you for constantly challenging them. I think they are the most educated people in this church. Yeah. They're constantly seeking after knowledge and after you. Yeah. Uh, constantly just bless them, protect them. Um, I just want to ask that you just continue to help them to see how they can um, be examples in their workplaces as well, as we know that they don't just serve here. Um, thank you for the communities that you've surrounded them with. Um, And again, thank you for bringing them to this church. Um, I just ask that you just continue to help them grow um, as a family, help them to uh, be able to serve each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just ask that you would just give blessings upon their children um, and help them to be able to serve um, and see where the needs are. And um, thank you again. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.